up, guys? Welcome back to the Twins Take Podcast. We're your hosts, Luke and Jackson Hershey. Twins from Charlotte, North Carolina. Same face, two opinions. Guys, thank you so much for hopping on to this week's edition. We are so excited because this episode is filled with so many different topics we're going to cover. Um, and Jackson, I'd love to start off with the NFL. We haven't hit the Super Bowl yet because we have had some amazing guests these last couple weeks. So we're going to head back to the Super Bowl. But Jackson, uh, first of all, how was your week? And um, let's dive into this Chiefs game. Yeah, Luke, I've had a great week. And the Chiefs 49ers game was such a hectic Super Bowl. Love seeing it over time. We haven't really seen it since Atlanta played New England. And, dude, it was just a thriller of a game. Obviously, the Chiefs took away a win at the end. But, you know, it was just a great game to watch. I felt bad for the Niners. They put their all into it. But at the end, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey took home the Super Bowl. I know. I And, and there's so many people, and, I mean, I'm guilty of saying this as a joke, but I there's so many people that said the Super Bowl was going to be scripted. Um, and I really did think the Chiefs were going to win this game, and it's not because that uh, it's not because it was scripted. It's because they know how to win playoff games. They just do. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has, I think he's won three out of the last six Super Bowls, and so he's been absolutely dominant. And the most interesting um, thing here is just it feels like the Chiefs keep losing weapons. And they keep winning. So it doesn't matter that they lost Tyree Kill. It doesn't matter that each year they're losing more guys. They're still able to get it done. They don't have the best wide receiver class in the NFL. But Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are working together, getting it done. The defense and Snead are doing everything they can. And, I mean, they look so dominant. Um, You obviously feel for the 49ers taking the Chiefs in overtime. Uh, Brock Purdy had an amazing season. Um, I, I don't – I really – don't agree with the idea of that he's just a facilitator. He's a game changer. If you have just any quarterback in there, you're not you're not going to the Super Bowl. You have to have that connection and that's that's what was important there. Yeah, absolutely. And what was crazy to me after all of it was Steve Wilkes being fired, obviously. Um there may have been some coaching issues there, but uh their defense was had a great year. And even though there were some uh minor differences with uh production i would say for the most part the niners had one of the best defenses overall uh for starters the chiefs defense is really what gave them the game because chris jones and trent mcduffie and sneed just played incredible they stopped every play they needed to uh debo samuel being out hurt a little bit and greenlaw being out hurt a little bit for the niners but overall they had the chance to win and i guess anyone can say that mccaffrey fumbling the ball in the beginning of the game could have been a game changer but then again pacheco fumbled the ball and the niners missed a field goal there's just so many things that could have changed the game so I think it was an extra point, not a field goal. It was an extra point. My bad. It was an extra point. So, for starters, I just want to know, I just want you to know that anything could have, uh, it's not like it was the Chiefs, they were going to win the entire game. It was um, back and forth the entire game, and even these minor things could have impacted this game in a major way. So, I am absolutely looking forward to next season, and I'll be curious to see if the Niners and the Chiefs are able to bring back all their weapons. Yeah, and I'll ask you the question I think everybody's been asking. Do you think the Super Bowl is scripted? No, I, I don't. I mean, I think it's I think it's a little dumb to say it's scripted, obviously. I guess you could 
I mean, look, you look at you look at the refs in that game. I mean, it it could have gone either way. I yeah. think now. I think from a business side, um, I think the NFL absolutely wanted the Chiefs to win because of uh, the viewership, the whole Taylor Swift, Kelsey. Like, I think the world because of how it's been this year, they wanted the Chiefs to win because that's where all the attention was. Now they would have been they would have been fine either way. It wasn't scripted, but. Um, I believe they wanted the Chiefs to win, but it was not scripted. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that uh, there's always viewership in specific markets over others, and the Chiefs happen to be one of the bigger markets right now because of Patrick Mahomes, because of Taylor Swift, because of Kelsey, and the fact that they've been winning the last uh, couple Super Bowls. It's like New England, when they were in their prime, uh, you either loved them or you hated them, and it's kind of probably the feel that you have with the Chiefs right now. You either love them or hate them. So I absolutely agree with you in the fact that the NFL probably wanted them to win, but I don't think it was scripted. But either way, it was a great game, and both sides should be proud of a great season. But I know that the Niners are looking forward to getting revenge next season, and the Chiefs are going to have to uh, try and keep some players because free agency is going to be – tough on both of these teams with the amount of talented guys they have. Yeah, I think guys want to play for Andy Reid. Um, let's let's actually talk about that play when uh, when Travis Kelsey came over and was off the sideline and the Chiefs made an error and he came over and, and yelled at Andy Reid. What was, what was your take on that? I mean, from the looks of it, it looked pretty bad, but I think they cleared it up obviously it's a tight game. I don't think you should be shoving your coach like that or yelling at him like that. He's uh, leading the entire offense. But, look, it's an intense game. Things are going to happen. And uh, I think he apologized for it. Everything's cleared up. But I thought it was a little out of line. Sure, it was out of line. But I also think people don't understand when a guy's six, whatever he is. He's he's a tall dude. I mean, he's a giant compared to Andy Reid. So, I mean, if he's angry, you shouldn't have yelled at him. Shouldn't have came in that hot, but at the same time, I mean, I think I think that would probably scare anybody or startle anybody um, because of how big of a guy he is. Uh, yeah, but yeah, sure. I think I think I think it was unnecessary, but they cleared it up. It sounds like both sides are good, and uh, I think he just wanted to be in the game. He wanted to make um, contributions, and they were able to do that. I mean, he almost scored the game-winning touchdown before overtime. I think that's what people. Would are forgetting like he was on the 10 yard line about to run in the end zone and they just didn't get there but the Chiefs the Chiefs I mean what a year won't be surprised if they're back next year because they're constantly in this game um it's 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 truly been a blessing to see how good I mean they're turning into a dynasty really yeah absolutely I I mean obviously I thought it was crazy with the weapons they have that they were even able to get that far so Congrats to them. It's like playoff mode turns on right when they get there and they just start winning games, and it's almost impossible to beat them. So all the credit to the Chiefs and uh, all the credit to the Niners with the tough game, but uh, at the end of it, the Chiefs got a big win, and what a season, bro. It's just been a great season. Yeah, what a season, and we'll be right back with the Twin State Podcast after this short break. Guys, welcome back to the Twins Take Podcast, and we're so excited because we're going to do an all-pro snake draft, and pretty much what that is, is we just saw the Pro Bowl games, which are so fun to watch, but we're going to pretty much be picking our own Pro Bowl teams, but they can be on the AFC or NFC side, 
we're just doing the offense, so let's hop right into it. Jackson, you had the first overall pick. Yeah, so for starters, we're going to hit the quarterbacks, and I think it is crucial that you have to pick the best guy on the board, obviously just won a Super Bowl, and he's trying to break some of Tom Brady's records. Give me Patrick Mahomes, um, obviously a great season, and I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do in the future. Mm. You know, I'm going to take a guy that had an unbelievable year, a guy I respect a lot. I'm going to take C.J. Stroud here with um, my quarterback. I think as a rookie, he led this team to such amazing heights, and he's going to keep doing that. As I mean, to do that as a rookie, unbelievable. Give me C.J. Stroud. Yeah, great. So now we're going to jump into the wide receivers, and I'm going to pick a guy that necessarily I think is one of the – I think he's just one of the – best wide receivers in the game right now and he had a quarterback that was injured a lot this season but he's still one of my favorites to watch and I'm gonna pick Jamar Chase I think he's as my mm. underdog receiver that's all good and I think that's a great pick but guys you're not gonna beat Justin Jefferson so give me Justin Jefferson Minnesota Vikings excellent wide receiver all right I'm gonna take the fastest receiver now give me Tyree Kill Ooh, what a pick it's a good pick I don't know I don't know how you're gonna beat that um, but you know, you know, I think I think we're gonna go with Puka from the LA Rams rookie. So I'm taking two rookies with my squad, and we're still gonna beat you. All right, so we'll jump into tight ends now. And as tempted as I am to take George Kittle, I'm gonna take Travis Kelsey only because I already have Patrick Mahomes. So I need to have both my Chiefs on my roster. Interesting pick. I like it. I like it. Um. Well, we we already have a really good lineup, so if you're going to take Travis Kelsey, you got to take, I think, arguably the best tight end overall in the NFL this year. I don't think Kelsey had all that great of a year in the NFL this year. I'm taking George Kittle. Like I said, great pick. I would have picked him if I had another tight end. Jumping into running backs, man, there are so many talented guys, and it is really hard to pick through them. I think there was a couple that stood out. Obviously, McCaffrey was amazing, but I think I'm going to go with another guy, and it's a younger guy that um, had no had a really good first season, and I'm going to pick Bajon Robinson. And I know that is not necessarily uh, a top running back pick right now, but give it two years. He may be the next McCaffrey. I think it's really good. I think that's really good. And you mentioned my guy, I think Christian McCaffrey. What he did with the Carolina Panthers – I think it was five years, could be off a year or two. But what he did for five years was amazing. And we really never had, other than his rookie year, we really never had a team that could that could um, do anything offensively. And time after time after time, um, he went off receiving and rushing yards. He had a 1,000-yard receiving and rushing season in the same year. Goes to the 49ers to a team where he can go win a Super Bowl and is doing everything so close, and he's going to get there in his career. He's going to win a Super Bowl, but I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. Well, there you go. A great pick. And for my next guy, I'm going to take a kicker, and I'm going to take Harrison Butker. I would have taken Justin Tucker, but after just watching Harrison be clutch in the Super Bowl and setting the Super Bowl record, you got to take him. So that's my guy. It's my kicker. Okay. You said uh, you said you're taking Bucker. I'm taking Tucker from Baltimore. Uh, that that man does not miss. Haven't seen him miss in a long time, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna continue to do amazing things, and he's gonna be a future Hall of Famer, no doubt. All right, sweet. So with my center, I already have one Kelsey brother. Give me the other one, and I'll take Jason Kelsey as my center. Jason Kelsey, 
So you got both Kelsey brothers on the same team. For sure. For wow. sure. Okay. Okay, I like it. Oh, this is hard. Okay, so I'm going to take, for offensive lineman, give me Trent Williams. Ooh, that's a really good pick. I like that pick a lot. Tempted. Why, why Trent Williams? Why Trent Williams? Uh, he's just been dominant for so long in the NFL. It, and he, it doesn't matter. Like, it's funny because he keeps getting older. And normally with offensive linemen, you find that when they're getting older, they get slower. And, man, he just doesn't. He just doesn't. He's been dominant for so long in the NFL, and that's just not going to stop anytime soon. He's absolutely an all-pro. I mean, I absolutely get it. So, with my next pick, I'm going to go with another Eagles player, and I'm going to take Lane Johnson. Ooh. You're putting that Eagles team together. I feel like it's a combo of a Chiefs and Eagles lineup, but... Mm. You know, they're both very good teams. So, give me – and a line for the Eagles is insane. So, give me Lane Johnson. Okay. Give me uh, give me Zach Martin from the Dallas Cowboys. Dang. You took my next pick. Um, That works. So, with my third pick, I am probably going to take Landon Dickerson, another Eagles <laughs> offensive lineman. You should keep building this Eagles line. Oh, my I gosh. I love this Eagles line. Um, okay. With uh, get with my next pick, and I'm gonna take Laramie Tunsil from the Houston Texans. Um, blocking CJ Stroud has done an unbelievable job, and it's just gonna keep doing that. Give me Laramie Tunsil. All right, sweet. So with my next one, I'll take Penny Sewell from the Lions. After an incredible season, uh, 33 years uh, playoff drought, and they make it to the NFC Championship, bad a Super Bowl run. So obviously, I gotta hook up my lineman right here. I'm gonna and with my last pick, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I'm gonna take um the Lions center Frank Ragno, um and he's he's done an unbelievable job. He's been in the Pro Bowl every year for a long time, um and he's just gonna keep doing that. What the Lions had this year has been unbelievable. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and read off uh, my list, which I think is the dominant list, and it was it was C.J. Stroud, Justin Jefferson, Puka, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Justin Tucker, Trent Williams. Zach Martin, Frank Ragno, and Laramie Tunsil. So, I mean, that's an unbelievable team. I think I'm absolutely winning with that lineup. But anyway, this the, the NFL season this year has been so fun to watch. Jackson, do you have any favorite things that happened at all through the NFL season? Any favorite? I mean, honestly, watching the Lions come out and just dominate was really fun to watch. Um, mm. Obviously... Uh, my team, the Panthers, didn't have that great of a season, but it was fun to watch underdog teams like the Lions, like the Packers. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Those three, even Lamar, I didn't know how good of a season the Ravens would have with uh, all the stuff with Lamar this offseason. They off had Zay season. Flowers and Odell, and they were Zay moving. Flowers came out of nowhere. Odell Beckham Jr. came out of nowhere. So, you know, those four teams kind of stood out to me, obviously. Um and the Chiefs not having that great of a season, but then going out and winning the Super Bowl. That was fun to watch. So there's just so many fun things throughout the season. McCaffrey just being all of that as a running back for the Niners, leading that team to the Super Bowl. There was just so many great things to watch. And I cannot say enough that I'm going to miss football, but I'm going to be excited for the offseason to see where everyone goes and then jumping right back into it the next year. Yeah, and now that football is over, it's funny because it just keeps revolving. You know we're about to hit? March Madness. I mean, guys, we're not far. March is literally in a couple of days. So I think we got to start talking about 
what could happen here? And the potential that Duke is going, I'm sorry, not potential, that Duke is going to win a national championship. And I think, I think it's important that people know that Jared McCain is going to get this team there. Um, we're going to beat Carolina in the, in the last home game, and we're going to win an ACC championship and a natty this year. Y'all won't get past the second round, but for it's all not seriousness, true. Not true. There, are two, there are two teams that have absolutely stood out, and that is Purdue and that is UConn. And sure, everyone can make the big headlines when they finally lose a game, but those two have without a doubt been the two most dominant teams in all of college basketball, and it has been really fun to watch. Obviously, the fun part about March Madness is anyone can lose. You have two seeds, almost lose every year in the first round. You at least have one. Now, like, number one seeds have started to lose. It's just mm-hmm. been an incredible thing to watch, and there's nothing like the March Madness. The tournament okay, so is just so I, fun I, I to expo- watch. I explain my point here, and this is this is why Duke is going to win a national championship. They're going to win because there is not a dominant team in college basketball this year. There's just not, like overall dominant. Like there's no Kentucky of 2015 where they went undefeated. Like th- th- that's just not going to happen. So, which leads me to my next point. If you play good defense, you can beat any team any given night. We have one of the best offensive teams in the country. We have guards like Kyle Filipowski, Jared McCain, Caleb Foster, Jeremy Roach, and it just keeps going. So tell me why this team can't win a national championship, or why they won't win a national championship. Y'all, I don't think y'all's players are clutch enough. I'm not talking all of them, but, like, for example, we watch Duke – the ACC is not that strong this year, but, for example, when y'all played Carolina, I'm just giving an example, Tyrese Proctor did not play well. Phil Powski played okay. Roach played Tyrese great. Proctor was coming off an injury, though. That's fair. But Roach, Roach played pretty good. I thought the only one that really played that well was Jared McCain, obviously. He's coming into his own this year. But y'all are going to have to consistently play well. And that's the thing. Like you said, there's not necessarily – I think UConn is still dominant, but – I would say that if you want to put out the thought that no one is that top-tier team, that means anyone can lose. And, yes, Duke has, Duke has a lot of weapons, but they're inconsistent is the issue. So I think it's going to be extremely fun to watch the end of the regular season, all of the tournaments within the conference, and then flood out into the 64 bracket, which is so fun to watch. What do we think about Carolina heading into these last couple of weeks of college basketball? I think, for me personally, uh, Harrison Ingram is your guy. If R.J. Davis and Harrison Ingram and Armando Baycott, if those three are playing well, you're going to win. If they're not, you're going to lose. And that's and really, if two of them aren't playing well, you're going to lose. I think I think I'm, I'm kidding when I say this, but I think Carolina doesn't can't win against teams that are orange, or like it's too close, like Clemson, Syracuse. Um, and that is, Miami was a close game, barely got a W out of that. Um, so I think Carolina has a really dominant team. They're going to make a run this year. They have the team to do it. But they're also the team that could lose in the first round if they don't play well. So if their guys are playing together, which they typically do, and I think in big moments they come together and play well. So I'm not concerned about Carolina. But it will be – I mean, this, this is, this is going to be a different tournament than we've ever had because, of, first of all, Duke and Carolina being in the top 10 for the first time in a long time together. We've had two seasons of either one of them being pretty pretty terrible. And then, yeah. and then the other thing is 
who's gonna get who's gonna get the win at the end in the ACC championship and the Natty will it be either of them will it be none of them and that's the big question for the ACC and the Natty. Yeah, I think you know when you watch the Carolina offense, their defense uh, usually isn't a problem lately. It's been uh, I feel like they try really hard in the beginning and it's kind of slacked off near the end of games that they need to fix a little bit on the offensive side. Um, Harrison Ingram. If he makes his shots, we're most likely going to win. Um, the two, Cormac Ryan has to be a little more consistent with his, with his three-point shots. Obviously, when they're falling, it is so fun to watch. But if you start to miss, it gives the other team uh, chances to score the ball, which is fine. He just has he has to be a little more consistent. Elliot Cudeau just has to be a playmaker. That's mm-hmm. all he has to do. Jalen Withers, Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington, um, they're all just great guys coming off the bench, helping our team tremendously. We have a fun team this year. Baycott has started to come on at the end of the season. RJ's been RJ the entire year. I mean, this team is very good. Yes, we can, anyone can lose to anyone. Carolina's shown that. They've lost three um, very easy games, but they've also beat some really good teams. And I, I'm a little, I've been a little confused with the lack of defense near the end of the season, but I think Hubert Davis... Uh, showed that they're starting to turn that around. They played Virginia Tech, beat them by 20, which is a really good win. And we have Virginia today. It's going to be a really big test. So, obviously, a lot of things to look forward to, and I'm just ready to watch the end of the season. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. Really great points. And, guys, thank you so much for hopping on the Twins Take Podcast. Um, we really appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to us. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to DM us on the Twin State Podcast on Instagram or email us at the Twin State Podcast at gmail.com. Jackson and I are so excited because we have some really um, awesome, huge interviews coming up in the next couple weeks. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned because we'll be letting you know what those are very, very soon. Um, God bless you all. Peace. <laughs>